0: I feel that the generation that is growing today, you and me, don't have any idea what kind of intelligence they will tap into to survive in a world in in a job market. So the kids today has a much bigger job in understanding and surviving the changes that's coming to us in a much faster way than we can even imagine. And the rules of parenting has to adopt that, it has to uh, embrace that, that these kids need to be more than a machine, machine that we were in an economic cycle. You go 15, 16, 20, 28 years in school and you are an X amount and you are successful.
1: You know what? What's the one thing that you you think that as a parent you really screwed up and you wish you had you had a time machine you could you could uh, do that differently?
0: It's when I see things that I had to improve. It came from situations that were not very pleasant. Both my kids are very proud of me as a successful woman and a mom. And my daughter said that um, one thing she learned from that is that. There is no limitation in growing. She said, mom, you taught me that there is no limitation. If you want to grow, it's you who are having a hard time accepting the situation. Uh, It's you who has a hard time accepting the next other person. It's you who needs to think about that, their perspective, not your. So you kind of start reflecting and realizing that people not ever going to behave the way you want them to behave. People are not always going to see the way you see things people are. So you go through enough pain to recognize repeating incidents and and events or situations to say, not worth it, not worth getting angry over (laughs) this.
1: Yeah. So what do you do Mm -hmm. when you walk away? How do you how do you calm yourself down?
0: I internalize what's happening. Either I do it by just Uh, going away from the situation. Either I put music on and I'm back in the garden or I go for a walk or or I start doing something or I start cooking. Just something that distracts me physically. Uh, So physically, I'm away. Mental is going. That doesn't stop. It just kept going. But physically, I remove myself from the environment. I also try to write things when I'm not be able to process myself because I so strongly believe that that uh, I was right and it's it's somebody's problem Um, so there there is a certain level of acceptance issue that happens so when you write it's just a expression of that moment when you come back to and read that like even a day later you laugh and that's some, that has worked for me, that writing is is very good way for me to kind of a slow my brain. Uh, and when I read, I read that I skip the whole sentence writing way. Like when you read it, it's like, oh my, my brain was going so fast. I couldn't even catch my hand. My hand couldn't even catch it. Uh, so it just tells you that it allows your brain to slow down. Um, and then as the as, the, as you allow time, you also get to see the same situation differently.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back. If we haven't met before, great to meet you. My name is Aaron. We tap into the stories of some of the world's most successful people, and not just successful people, ordinary people too. To understand what made them who they are, and how they are collectively making our world a better place. If you're looking for dopamine, inspiration, new knowledge, or actions that you can take today to become a better future self, you have come to the right place. To learn more about us, you can head over to our website, www.transformativepurpose.com. And please don't forget to follow, rate, and share if you enjoy our content. Everything you see here is run by myself and a small team, and we'll really appreciate it. And last but not least, our mission is to build a global community to inspire. Enjoy. Hey guys, thank you so much for following this channel and making our
1: podcast into the top 3% global podcast ranking. When I started a year ago, I didn't think anyone would listen to this podcast, but it was you who made this a success. Now, before you watch the full video, please do me a small favor. Please hit the subscribe button to help me understand a bit more about your experiences and how we can improve our contents. In every video, I have a deep conversation with someone whom I've recently met. We talked about different
2: topics, including mental health, mindset, entrepreneurship, career, and most importantly, their stories on how they transformed themselves from the younger self. I hope these conversations
1: are useful to you and can bring you new perspectives. Please enjoy. Hi, good day everyone, and welcome back to the new episode on the Transform the Purpose podcast. I'm very excited to be hosting this chat. Joining me today is a med tech expert, Goldie Core. Cody has more than three decades of med tech experience and held many positions including executive leadership roles. She has experiences across general business management, strategy development, commercial functions, operations, engineering, quality regulatory and clinical research. And she is bringing a lot of innovations globally through research to commercialization stages, developing talent and building winning teams. She focuses on achieving personal greatness and finding greatness in others to achieve business goals. What a pleasure to have you here, Goldie. How are you this evening?
0: Thank you. Great, great. Um, I'm pleasure to be here.
1: Um, I'm really looking forward to this chat, um, is where to speak to someone with such a diverse background and you're a bit of a scientist yourself. Yes. So so tell us a little bit about, about you, Goldie.
0: Um, it's good to give some background. I, um, I'm born and brought up in India. Uh, my dad migrated to Canada in, uh, in late eighties and, um, we, he brought us with him. So we migrated here after, after my, um, university, um, and then started my uh, professional career here. So kept with education And uh, working same time, it's a new immigrant story um, and growing through the corporate ladders. Um, And from India, um, I also want to mention that, you know, you come from uh, a very different culture than where I'm working or where I worked. Um, And the cultural part plays a big role in who we are and how we grow. Uh, has its pros and cons. So we will be talking more about that, how our minds are conditioned in certain way and how we deal with the situation in certain ways.
1: Yeah. So when we had a chat uh, about a week ago, we were brainstorming what topic we should talk about, right? And you mentioned Mm -hmm. about parenting. Just out of curiosity, (laughs) (laughs) given your background in the medical space, why do you think this topic, this parenting topic is important? What does it mean to you?
0: As a working mother and a very ambitious uh, mindset, um, you have to do justice to everything that, you know, um, you are doing. And parenting is one major part of it. And um, I thought that it would be good to hear from working mom, uh, what does it mean to be ambitious in your career, also grow a young family?
1: Mm. You have two children, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about them?
0: Yeah, I have uh, um, a daughter and son. Um, they are both uh, completed their education. They are both um, undergrad and uh, full-time working. So um, I'm a proud mother from that perspective.
1: It's not an easy job. I'm, uh, I'm a father of two young children. They're four and one and a half. I'm pretty much on that uh, journey. So I'm sure you've learned a lot from your parenting journey. You mentioned birth to your two children. Have you had a break in between or have you always? Right. Okay.
0: No, no. So luckily in Canada, um, you do get uh, parental leave. So for my first child, it was six months. Uh, You spend time with your child. Uh, and by the time I had my second child, it was one year of uh, time off. Other than that, it was uh, full time work and uh, full-time parent, whatever you call it. But yeah, both were the priority in the life. yeah,
1: yeah, let's get real here. what What's your biggest lesson learned uh, from you know working, you know being a a working parent for so many years and now having to, I guess grown up uh, grown up adults almost.
0: Uh, it's, you know, um, good to reflect on things. Uh, I think that when you are going through it, good or bad doesn't mean anything. You're doing your best. So as I reflect on it, um, I feel that as an intellectual person and, um, based on the background, uh, my, my dad was mechanical engineer and he, he lived in very highly influential British culture. And, um, you know, so, so that was very focused on how I saw life. So go make yourself, improve yourself, you know, um, educate yourself, uh, continuous learning, um, get higher status in life. Like that was my conditioning. Um, so I did that, never questioned it. But having a child... I think now that I reflect on, um, and I also kind of volunteer a lot, so I see other kids and I see other, you know, issues that happening in society. Reflecting on that, I feel intellectual success or progress is so minimal in life. Um, If you don't have a balance of emotional and social aspects as you focus on your career and your growth, you miss out on a lot of things. Um, and that's my learning. I feel that um, I was not as emotionally available as I could have um, either if I knew that's how important that part of development is. Um, that's my kind of reflection on uh If I have to redo it, I probably will balance the intellect and the, you know, emotional development of a child and also the social development of a child. It's they grow on their own pace, but in a work lifestyle, you are chasing time. You have to do things on time and kids are not bound by that. They have an emotional state where you kind of have to give them time to be ready for something. I think that's uh, that's uh, something that I feel um, I could have done better.
1: Wow. It's, uh, I, I can certainly see the, the humble side of you. And even for myself, I'm learning every single day and I very much agree with you that um, back at school, no one has taught us how to be a parent, right? Um, they've told us, how not to get um, someone pregnant, uh, but I very much missed the the parenting part. And it sounds like mm-hmm. you learned a lot from from your journey. You mentioned about this uh, conditioning, sort of in mm-hmm. your upbringing, right? When did you mm-hmm. come to realization um, that you had those conditions within you? Was was there a trigger, or something that happened in your family that made you realize that? At what point were you aware of that?
0: Yeah, so I have two kids and they both are very different. And one of my child is uh, when I start hearing that you don't understand or you don't care or um, it's like, uh, you know, constantly asking, are you proud of me? Uh, So you're, you're realizing that that what's the difference here? You know, why these questions? Um, and, and it, it took a while before you realize that, that your, your perception in child's mind is their reality. Mm. And, and the conditions that we had is like, I did not see that growing. I did not, I did not have that, uh, vocabulary for my dad or for my mom. I have no idea to, to say to my parent and, and kind of a challenge them that why you don't understand me, right? Um, I feel that the cultural conditioning is so strong. Um, especially if your child is growing in a different culture than you grew up in, you will not understand. You're, if your child is expressing it, you're lucky. May feel painful. It is like, what do you mean? I don't care. I I do this, 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 this for you. What do you, you mean? I don't care. I do care. Can you not see it? So it's so it's so. And um, it at that hurt. moment, it's a defense mechanism.
1: Yeah, it must have that hurt, right? In.
0: Yeah, you, it's it's that it's that you know um as a social and animals that we are, we always look for validation. It's like, someone tells you good about you, you're so happy. <laughs> if someone tells you, you're not so good, you suck. You kind of say, I stay away from me. I don't want to talk to you. That part, of course, it it, it feels like what I am not doing right.
1: Mm, that feedback, like, that feedback yeah. loop when your child said that to you, mm-hmm. what? how old were they? High school. (laughs) Mm, Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And how did you react? You mentioned that your defensive mechanism sort of kicked in. You know, what, what were you feeling? And how did you respond?
0: It's, um, it's like, again, that conditioning is that you are doing everything right for your child. And, and that conditioning is, um, when that's questioned, you don't even know how to be. You, mm. you don't know how to react to that. Um, so what you do, I, what I did, it was just come up with more and more stricter rules. Mm.
1: Can you give like us you a, an rules. example?
0: Um, it's like, you know, if you, if my conditions is that, that girls are more protected as a child, like, you know, we were not allowed to be out at night. We were not allowed to be hanging out with guys at night. Um, And for us, that was not even a question to say, why? My friend's doing it. Why can't I do it? So that's condition. My brain has, you know, developed. Now you are in a different culture, different conditions, where it's a norm. So instead of you accepting that norm, you've been challenged by that norm. And, and you question and it, what it does, it, it creates more and more conflict. It's like your way or their way. So there is no in between. And, um, that's where this emotional development, um, kind of, um, matters because as, you know, uh, if you look at all the literature in neuroscience and how the frontal cortex is developed, it is, the rationale in adult mind is not same in young adolescents, right? Or young, ch- young adult. Um, their mind is not rationalizing things the way you rationalize. Their mind is not same problem-solving as an adult mind. So um, cultural conditioning is that child just have to obey you as a parent. Um, because you have the best interest in mind for them. And you should not be questioned about that. So it's, um, it's certainly a reflection on, uh, as a parent, if, if your child is speaking up um, and resisting, a parent should take a real step back and think about why. It's, it's, uh, rather than being that authoritative mindset to say, I'm thinking about you. I want good for you. I want this for you. It's no longer, it's what you want. <laughs> it's just, it's their development. It's their life intelligence. They come with certain personality, um, looking at today and learn more about it. It's like, yeah. You are gifted with the life, and your job is to learn that life, not to not to create a frame that you conditioned with and try to fit that life in that condition because it's not the same. It's, it's absolutely different.
1: So many insights uh, that you just shared. Um, you touched on conflict management. I wanted to ask your opinion and advice. How did you... How did you deal with conflicts before? Versus, if you were to do it again, how would you deal with conflicts now? You mentioned that the norms have shifted, and I think in yes. so many ways. That I grew up. I'm a senior. I grew up in the in the 80s, so my childhood was all about this analog environment. There was no digital devices, and and then I was exposed to my teens. So I've seen the the pros and cons of. Of both the analog mm. side and the digital side, and you mentioned mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah norms have shifted in so many ways—the way mm-hmm. uh, that we approach work, uh, the way that we are normalizing almost multitasking. Yes, um, but if you look at
0: mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. how our brains how our brains work, how our brains function, multitasking, for example, is not very effective, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. so
1: many ways that our, our society has has shifted from you know uh, where we work. How do you deal with conflicts and when your norm yes.
0: is
2: so different to today's norm? Yeah. And it's either your way or the highway. It's not no no longer your your way or the highway almost. Mm-hmm. It you kind of mm-hmm. how do you deal with conflicts? How do you how do you manage them?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it, it goes back to the yeah. um, the, the conditioning of, of mind, um, conflict, conflict comes where you have a fear of some unknown, um, because you have a one way of thinking, somebody has another way of thinking and that raises a conflict. And you will say, because of your conditioning, you will say, I am doing it for you. I am right. And they will say, you don't understand, you know, I am right. Um, Stu cannot be right. Uh, one of my mentor one time said that Goldie, you wanna be right or you wanna be happy. <laughs> um, and, and I answered him, I wanna be right <laughs> and happy. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the conflict is always that if you if you have these hands pushing each other, right the more you push, the more force you kind of uh, receive. If you remove one hand, there is no force to push, right? So there, the conflict for me, when I was going through it uh, myself with teenage issues and, you know, um, cultural differences that that I was seeing for my mind, it was, Oh my God, something wrong is going to happen. Or my child is more influenced by the, the culture that is not acceptable to me. My mechanism was more shutting down. I would um, shut down and not continue the conversation because um, I felt like I am not making any sense to the person I'm talking to. Um, it's no longer a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like accusations. It's like you versus me, you versus me. I'm this and you are that. It, it, I just don't engage in that. So I shut down. Shutting down had a value at that time that it doesn't escalate the issue. But if I was not able to shut down, it generally escalates the issue and two people are angry. <laughs> there is no solution. <laughs> so I learned from that to not engage. Um, and because I wanted to avoid that that conflict, Um to a point where it becomes escalation. Uh, now looking back, uh, I feel that if you truly want best for your child, if you, that's truly what your, your desire is, then you need to be a guide to them and not the master. Um, and when you think that, you know, better, your child has to follow because you know better, that's the first mistake. The idea is that you don't know better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, every life is um, has its own intelligence. And if that is not true, we would have not seen much growth in society. Society has grown because people think differently than their previous generation. Uh, I think that was a big miss on my part. It's like, you know, you are going back to that intellectual thinking. Intellectual thinking is just that, that, um, you are prepared to be successful within the economic engine. Outside of that engine life exists, but mine was not conditioned for that. So for me, The AI is, is a, you touched on it, that analog versus digital. I was talking to someone, um, very smart guy. And, and, and he said that why people are afraid of AI. Think about this way, that it's a data, it's information fed into something. And there is an output. We are no different in intellectual definition, we go to school, to university, the data is fed and based on our memory, we output some things, right? So is that all we are? Is that intellect or is that AI function that's happening in us? Like my memory is better than yours, so I will output our information or 50 percent of the class will output the same information than a robot world today. right? So what makes me different? What makes me a human different? Um, I feel that the generation uh, that is growing today, um, you and me don't have any idea what kind of intelligence they will tap into to survive in a world in, in a job market. right? We went to school to be a doctor, to be an engineer, to be a scientist, to be a lawyer based on the data fed in our head. That's it, right? If the data is fed in a machine and machine does what we can do, what is your value as a human? So the kids today has a much bigger job in understanding and surviving the changes that's coming to us in a much faster way than we can even imagine. And, and the rules of parenting has to adopt that. It has to uh, embrace that, that these kids need to be more than a machine, machine that we were in the economic cycle. You go 15, 16, 20, 28 years in school and you are an X amount and you are successful.
1: How should, right. yeah, I think you touched on a very important uh, topic and also a very hot topic at the moment, right? And I really love
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the things that you just said and I think they're very profound. That's one of the questions I keep asking myself too. If my, my kids were to ask me, you know, what should I study or what profession should I go into?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't have the answer mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And, and I know no,
0: they're all catching up to this, right? I mean, people people are trying to figure it out. Yeah.
1: yeah, and what's the point of studying all this knowledge if machines already have all the answers, just with a few clicks, right? Yeah. But I think you touched on a very yeah. important point, is that we, I think we as humans, we need to remember that um, we have the ability, the cognitive ability, uh, to internalize um, different sources of information and to look at different mm-hmm. patterns and to come up with different insights. And I think that's something that's the machines can't do yet, uh, because they can't really replicate our brain. <laughs> and I, and I, I do feel that our, mm. our brain, uh, if we can untangle all these biases they have, that we have accumulated throughout the years, mm. um, our brain can take us anywhere, anywhere we want.
2: <laughs> so, mm-hmm.
1: Goldie, I want to ask you, right? Um, uh, let's just mm-hmm. say your, your children, uh, I know that you guys, you're going to share this, uh, podcast with your children later on. Yes. What's the, <laughs> what's the one message you want to tell your children, uh, as a parent, you know, what, what's the one thing that you, you think that as a parent, you really screwed up and you wish you had, you had a time machine. You could, you could uh, do that differently.
0: I, I won't say screwed up. My, uh, both kids are doing really well. Um, they are wonderful human being. Um, it's when I see, uh, things that I had to improve, it came from situations that were not very pleasant. Um, and, and both my kids are very proud of me as a successful woman and a mom. And my daughter said that um, one thing she learned from that is that there is no limitation in growing. She said, "Mom, you taught me that there is no limitation if you want to grow." That's beautiful. Um, so, so that's that's one thing. Um, my son was also, you know, talking to me about this. Um, we would talk about different things, and he was talking about the growth thing, and and he, and he also said that how I juggle so many different things and how I struggle emotionally, it was obvious to them. It was not that a hush hush that I don't say in front of my kid and I go say outside to somebody. Um, The mistakes are because you recognizing something is different. Something that, that how you see it is not seen by your child. Um, And, uh, and it's, I would say that instead of calling it a screw up I think we as a family learn to celebrate differences. So we are all very different people. Um we we are outspoken. We call each other out. I've been called out like so many times like um it's so wonderful. It 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 hurts time to time. It's like someone tells you that you you screwed up or you you messed something not pleasant to hear but at the same time there is a recognition that that if someone is calling you out inside the house thing be thankful yeah because because showing you a mirror is the best way for you to reflect
1: oh yeah i have the same and, analogy and i
0: think i think my kids would um not disagree with that i i think they both will um these things, nothing. What I'm saying here is new to them because we we communicate really well.
1: Yeah, I I I um uh, I personally use this hack because you, you mentioned mirror. Because uh, from time to time, I sometimes I find myself like getting worked up uh, whenever my ch- my children act out. Right. Mm. So in order mm. to bypass those shortcuts that our brain makes, I have to reinvent mm. another shortcut to, to sort of hack mm. that. Sh- had those shortcuts, so I started associating my children with a mirror. So mm-hmm. whenever they act out, I no longer see the behaviors. I just instantly, I just see a mirror of myself, just my own my own image, and it tells me. Mm-hmm. It gives me that extra uh, mental space to po- to process those heated moments, and before I I do something that I might I, I might regret, calling mm-hmm. calling you know calling out the uh, the behaviors within your within your household what what does that look like mm-hmm. and how do you how does someone um, instill that culture in the family
0: uh, yeah so you know i mentioned about me shutting down in, during the conflict um the the one thing about that is that there is no escalation uh, raising voice um something breaking into fight um so none of that existed in my house there is no um, uh, uh, loud discussion or, or arguments to a point where um, it, it shuts down. Um, so it's mostly like um, um, when you are disagreeing with something, um, you allow that conversation to happen uh, it would not was not always like that. it kind of happened slowly, but um, you are reflecting on situation versus the feelings only um, i don 't know if I have any example of that, but um, it 's like um, so for example, I have been thinking of one here it 's uh, I am upset about something and um my child would say, "You look angry," right? And I would say, um, "No, I'm not angry," right? Now it's pretty obvious that you are. So why don't you just say it? What you have to say, right? And it's like I'm not ready for it. When I'm ready, I'll I'll say it. So giving a cold shoulder for a while it allows me also to kind of a calm down a bit from my own anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start the conversation, right? So it's like non-verbal communication when you are showing attitude, or you're giving cold shoulders, or you're not talking, or there is a communication happening, and and somebody called you out, and you flat out said, "No, I'm not angry. No, I'm not this." Right? So it's it's just the the choices. It depends on on um, individuals. I used to, I used to be very, um, it's like, this is the right thing to do. Just do it. Don't argue about it. Right. I was very much like that. And again, it it goes back to the cultural conditioning is like, this is how it is done. Mm -hmm. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, 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 and some of those escalations were not pleasant. It was unpleasant escalations, not from a verbal or fight perspective, but just from an understanding perspective. It's like, how do I explain this so it makes sense to somebody? That's that kind of a frustration. Um, so that's how we kind of a called each other out, or or sometime, you know, I will tell tell my my husband that. Um, if I'm telling you something, I'm not expecting you to respond. right? Mm. So don't try to respond to it. Just hear me out. That's it. I'm feeling bad. So it's nothing wrong with it. I'm feeling bad. So once you start telling me while I'm feeling bad, you're actually making me feel more bad. So just don't say anything. And if you start saying, I'll walk away, I will not talk to you. Right? So It's a different way of... Um, of like, if I'm upset, I'm upset. If my verbal, physical moments are obvious, I would deny, just leave it. Like, okay, she denying, she'll come calm down and she'll come back to it. Uh, very, very, very rarely I had um, like, uh, um, like just lash out kind of a thing. It's yeah. like, I just say it something very rarely. Mostly I would shut down. Yeah. I would just not engage myself in a conversation.
1: Yeah. And like you said earlier in our conversation, right? Uh, we, I think we can try to be our best, but we can't get it right 100% of the time. So I think even if uh, parents lash out, I mean, lashing out is probably not the behavior that we should encourage. But I think I believe that if you're, if you're good 99% of the time, you can give your permission to make mistakes for that remaining 1%, right?
0: Oh yeah, and then, yeah,
1: and then you yeah. internalize it. So sometimes I, I, I scream, I raise my voice, and I will apologize to my children and say, "Daddy's mm-hmm. really sorry. Um, I shouldn't have done that. I let my emotions get ahead of me." And, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to show that vulnerability to your children. Like you're not perfect, and
0: mm-hmm. I'm not telling my children mm-hmm. that I'm
1: perfect. I'm always right here. I also mm-hmm. make mistakes. I'm also learning, and mm-hmm. uh, by doing mm-hmm. that, I, I also hope that we can teach the next generation about humility. That making mistakes mm-hmm. is okay. As long as, like you said, mm-hmm. we look at everything as um, an opportunity to learn, I used the, I guess, a, ne- a negative word like the "screwed up" uh, in the beginning, and you know, I, I love mm-hmm. how you reframe it into something like a, like a growth opportunity, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's. Um, it, I, I feel that uh, when I mentioned about celebrate the differences, it's um, it's not just in home. Um, yeah it's also important at work because we are all so different and, and there is a common space that we operate in. And, and that common space is always about the situation, right? So for us to be um, kind of like having this, uh, this environment where, you feel safe, you feel no fear of expressing yourself. and if you are um, if you don't have that common space where you can be yourself, then it's kind of a hard to deal with yourself or deal with the situation. So facilitating the differences, facilitating the um, people to express themselves either they shut down and they come back to it or they just say the way they want to say it, but not reacting to it. And then kind of taking a pause yeah, and allowing it, allowing it to settle a bit before you start solving it.
1: Yeah. what's uh, your... I find
0: that that, that has worked.
1: <laughs> what's, your, what's your strategy or what's your tactic to transition yourself from that anger state to a more calm state? So you mentioned that when you, (laughs) when you face negative, uh, stimuli, uh, you know, sometimes you realize that you're not at that state where you can engage in a constructive conversation. Right. So what do you do Mm -hmm. when you walk away? How do you, how do you calm yourself down? I,
0: I find, I, I find that, um, I internalize what's happening. Uh, either I do it by just, uh, going for like away from the situation, either, I put music on and I back in the garden or I go for a walk or, or I start doing something or I start cooking just something that distracts me physically. Uh, so physically I'm away. Mental is going. that doesn't stop. It just kept going. Uh, but physically I remove myself from the environment. Um, and then I, I also, try to write things when I'm not be able to process myself um, because I so strongly believe that, that I, I was right. And in, in it's, it's somebody's problem. Um, so there, there is a certain level of acceptance issue that happens. Um, so when you write, it's just a expression of that moment when you come back to and read that, like even a day later, you laugh. And that's some, that has worked for me that writing is, is very good way for me to kind of a slow my brain. Uh, and when I read, I read that I skip the whole sentence writing way. Like you, when you read it, it's like, Oh my! My brain was going so fast; I couldn't even catch my hand. my hand couldn't even catch it. Uh, so it just tells you that it allows your brain to slow down. Um, and then, as the as the as you allow time, you also get to see the same situation differently, um, and you feel like that uh, you know. Uh, it's you who are having a hard time accepting the situation. Uh, it's you who has a hard time accepting the next other person. It's you who needs to think about that, their perspective, not your. So you kind of start reflecting and realizing that people not ever going to behave the way you want them to behave. People are not always going to see the way you see things. People are. So you go through enough pain to recognize repeating incidents and and events or situations to say, not worth it, not worth getting angry over this.
1: Yeah. And it's easier said than done, right? I mean, as parents,
0: you have to go through it. Yes.
1: You want our children to be happy and healthy. But sometimes we got to let go for the better of our relationships, like you said. (laughs)
0: Yeah yeah i i don't think for me it is a let go i i think it is um there the, there is a neuroscientist um marsha Linehan, and she wrote uh, a lot about personalities and the word she used is radical acceptance um and um, so I had a friend who, who is uh, a scientist, a neuroscientist, and I was asking this, like, what does this radical acceptance means, right? It's like either you accept, you don't accept. What is this radical acceptance means? Um, and she helped me understand that, that it, people and personalities don't change overnight. And, and if I have a conditioning, they have a conditioning. The way they behave, they have many underlining issue. The way they behave, if somebody is coming to you um, inappropriately or uh, things that are not acceptable to you, they may be coming from a hurt place, somewhere down, you know, their past. Something happened that hurts them, and they kind of just give you hurt. That's what they have. So they give you that. Doesn't mean you are right or they are right. So she actually really helped me understand that part. Um, and i think with kids it's it's not about what we have to let go i think it's about really radically accepting who they are as a life hmm. not as a as a behavior um, yeah. because their behavior develop and they change um and and we were talking about uh, discipline and um, and uh, for me discipline definition of discipline was there is a schedule you do these things and you do it regularly, that's a discipline, right? And conflict comes when you want the discipline or schedule your child to follow, they don't follow.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then you say, oh my God, my kids are not disciplined. They don't learn, right? So the discipline, definition of discipline is, is like, if your child is really interested in something, and they are doing it for, with the joy, they will be keep doing it until they get better at it. It's like my, my uh, you know, let's say my child plays um, basketball and and I don't have to tell the child to be disciplined on go practicing basketball because they enjoy it. They keep doing it on time. They just go and do play and, and, and that they discipline. And so the definition is that if you really have a passion and if you really enjoy something, you will do it. You don't need anybody to tell you to do it. So as a parent, instead of creating a structure for them to fit in, you watch how, what actually helped them to, um, to have the self-discipline to say, I really like it. I want to do it. You know, if I'm making a, a drawing. I, I didn't like it. I want to do it again to make it perfect. They have a discipline about that chore that they want to do with the digital era. I think the definition of discipline has totally changed. It has totally changed. Um, um so parents start handing out these devices to, to, which allow them to get something else done. So child don't bother them. Mm-hmm. Now child has developed that discipline over period of time because they enjoy it, they like it, they have a, you know, they feel very passionate about, I want to win this level of game. When mother wakes up, it's too late <laughs> because now they have developed it to a point where they don't want to give up, right? So it's, it's just, we need to really look at it from their perspective and really look at it from, um, is this child... Um, m- my reflection of what they need to be, or is this child an independent life that needs to grow with you being around, you have a guidance for them. Um, if you are not providing a guidance, somebody else online will, and they will just follow that. Um, mm. and, and you need to be that guide for them versus creating your structure and try to fit them in that structure.
1: Yeah, Uh, Great advice, Goldie. So in all of my episodes, I asked the previous uh, speaker to ask a question to the next speaker. Mm -hmm. So last time I spoke to a uh, woman uh, called Veronica Smith, and she's a bit in a bit of a a transition herself, uh, being unemployed for about uh, six months and stuck in a foreign country with two kids. And couldn't find a job because uh, even though she used to work for Apple and all these big companies, she didn't mm-hmm. have the relevant network uh, in Australia. And it was also in the middle of uh, COVID. So last mm-hmm. episode, we talked a lot about uh, how she reinvented herself with personal branding and content creation. And I asked her what she wants to ask you. And the mm-hmm. question she wants to ask you is, where do you see yourself in five years?
0: I never thought like that. I... um Um, (laughs) it may sound negative, but, but I don't plan long-term. I, Hmm. um, I focus on what I am doing now is I'm doing at my best. Um, and I'm so intense in what I do, whatever I do, I, uh, I do it with certain intensity. Um, and, and future keeps unrolling for me. Uh, It has been that way. I did not ever plan to be a senior vice president. I actually kept delivering things that were given to me and, and excelling to a point where uh, people who worked with me start trusting me, relying on me, and that's kept my growth going. Um, so my answer is that we don't know tomorrow, we don't know future. What we know is today, and what we know is to keep our energy so high for today That you have a level of intensity no matter what you do. Um, And once you have that intensity of work and you are really good at what you do, people in your surrounding cannot avoid, cannot ignore it. They will start recognizing it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Um, So what about you? Um, So I'm going to be doing another podcast um, in two hours time actually. And like I said before, the com- uh, before the start of this conversation, I'll, I'll be speaking to a young lady who's in public speaking and uh, in debate. What question do you want to ask her?
0: Um, we started with intellectual and emotional uh, intelligence. Um, I would love to to know for the younger generation uh, what can be done to bring emotional intelligence from the get-go? School system, home system, society, community, whatever um, needs to change, what would that change be that we grow Mm. human with a certain level of emotional intelligence?
1: Beautiful. I'm sure she'll love this question. I'm gonna ask her later when I see her. Hey, thank you so much, Cody. Thank you so much for all the insights and sharing all your humble lessons, um, raising two you know, very successful children uh, of your own. And uh, you. I love hearing all the insights from you, whether it was uh, neuroscience or really pragmatic advices, um, just about being that parent. And the point that you mentioned about these uh, three um, onion layers almost, um, when we as parents, uh, when we try to raise our children, we should think about the intellect the, uh, the emotional component and the social component. So really enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much for taking your Thank time you. to Thank come Thank you on for
0: having me, and and um, I hope that uh, uh, someone will find this useful and they can you know make some some changes in, in growing their kids because kids are our future. I mean we are developing next generation people who are having kids. I think uh, they need to recognize that they are investing their life into developing next generation. Um, and we need to uh, really come up with new ideas. So thanks for this podcast and uh, hosting me. It was wonderful.
1: No worries. Good to have you here. Have a good day.
0: Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: I hope you enjoyed the chat. I always say our live is very much like discovering what the next chapter is in our own book. And what we do today can change the narrative in the next chapter. Our life given by nature is short, but it's not the duration that matters. What matters more is how many meaningful things we can do and how many people we can help in our life. I hope you have gotten some inspiration and new ideas about what you can do differently today. And as you are doing it, remember to also change the ecosystem so that you can sustain it. I firmly believe our world will be a much better place if all of us are focusing on becoming a better future self together together people we love. See you in the next episode.